My mother's people were all coal miners. My father's people were all steel workers. They all worked in the mills. I don't believe in miracles. I believe in Pittsburgh. We play for city and country. The city is Pittsburgh. And this is Steelers country. All right. I'm your host, Tony. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, We'll have Mike on later in the podcast talk about what this game means kind of in a bigger picture uh, going forward type look. But let's get right into it. Let's talk about this one. The Pittsburgh Steelers lose to the Philadelphia Eagles 34-3. And I said it last week, this feels like a loss going in. Uh, It's a road game against an inferior opponent. uh, And those games have typically been closer than they should and and oftentimes lead to a loss. And I talked about it last week, the Tampa game two years ago, Oakland two years ago, Baltimore last year. You can't explain these games. They're inexplicable. Inexplicable things happen in these games. Uh, And this one was no different. The Eagles, I'll say this right off the bat, and it came, it was so clear early on in this game the Eagles just had more intensity this was their Super Bowl I mean everybody was picking the Steelers and the Eagles are a 2-0 football team they were looking to make a big splash they were looking to make a name for themselves they wanted to prove to the national media to the fans to themselves to the rest of the league that they're the real deal that just because they beat the Browns and they beat the Bears doesn't make them a bad team you can only beat who's in front of them and they had a ton of intensity playing in front of their home crowd. That's a huge game for them. Pittsburgh Steelers coming to town, interstate rival. They made plays. They played extremely well. They kicked the Steelers' ass. I mean, this was this was a shellacking from top to bottom. Offense, defense, special teams. They beat them up. They beat them up out there. The Steelers did have their chances, though. The first drive of this game... Ben hits Eli Rogers on that nice 30-yarder, nice catch and run. Things we've talked about Eli Rogers being able to bring to this offense. Gets into another third down, deep in the red zone. Get that pass to Wheaton. Hits him right in the numbers. And he drops it. Inexplicable. Things you cannot explain. In the very next play, the field goal is blocked. And I could have told you, if you were watching with me, I would have told you right there, Steelers lose. This is what I was talking about. That was their chance. That was their real chance to get the crowd out of it, to remind the Eagles you are facing the best offense in football. Get them settled down. Get that intensity level back to normal. But it was just uncharacteristic of the Steelers, doing stupid things that happen when the Steelers lose, and especially when they lose these type games. The very next drive, it's second and 12. William Gay makes a nice tackle on the flat. The guy gets three, maybe four yards. Would have been third and eight, third and nine. If not, for Lawrence Timmons coming in and making one of the dumbest late hits and then complaining to the ref about it. The guy's clearly down. William Gay clearly made the tackle. And I don't know why Timmons is coming in to make a late hit, but he does. And it gives the Eagles a first down. And it was things like that, plays like that throughout the game that just continued to give the Eagles yards, momentum and just have the Steelers shoot themselves in the foot and these are the things that happen when the Steelers play these teams you can't explain it this is not Sean Davis a rookie making a play like that this is not Artie Burns this is not one of the young guys 
This is the most veteran player on the defense making a completely bonehead play. A play you you just can't explain. Is it bad coaching? I mean, sure, you could say it's bad coaching. But again, is it bad coaching if it's Lawrence Timmons doing that? Does, does Tomlin really need to remind Lawrence Timmons before the game, hey, man, be smart out there? You got to remind Artie Burns to be smart out there. You got to you got to remind Sean Davis to be smart out there. What what is Lawrence Timmons doing? I, I couldn't I couldn't tell you. There's a lot of talk after this game now about the Steelers' pass rush because we didn't get to Wentz. Wentz threw all over us. He had all day to throw. But this has been a problem. The Steelers' pass rush has been a problem. It was a problem in Week One. It was a problem in Week Two. They won without a pass rush. This was about a lack of execution. They didn't block. They didn't tackle. They didn't make the big plays when they needed to, and it led to this loss. Ben was off. He missed a ton of throws. He missed open receivers. He had D'Angelo open. He had Jesse James open. I mean, he had guys open. He just didn't see them. D'Angelo in the running game never really got going. And considering you know how much he's been used this year, I mean, that kind of figured you kind of figured D'Angelo was going to have an off game. I said last week he's 30 now. He's 32. You can't expect him to do this all season. But this was a thorough ass kicking. And we'll start with the defense. It was about tackling. It was not about pass rush. This was about tackling the football. This wasn't – look, the Eagles made a ton of big plays in this game. And and the most disheartening part of that was that these weren't long bombs. This wasn't a 70-yard bomb where Mike Mitchell was just out of position, where the one of our young corners got beat. This was catch and run. This was, this was screen passes going for 60, 70 yards. I mean, this just, it just got out of hand. The Steelers could not make, take an angle – could not get through a block, could not make a tackle. It was embarrassing. It was it was it was it was embarrassing to watch from a defense. Look, tackling has been a problem this year, and it was a bigger problem in this game. They have to be better. They have to be better in this, or this will continue. The pass rush, can they get away with without having a pass rush? Look, I don't think they get away from it forever, but I don't think it was the reason they lost this game. But they got to get better at tackling. And offensively, it was just never cohesive. Never cohesive. They never got together. After that, after that initial Wheaton drop, this offense just couldn't move the ball consistently. Wheaton had a particularly terrible game. I mean, he had three big drops. Everybody's calling for Wheaton's head now. You know, he missed you missed the first two games. You come back with that one, and then Sammy Coates makes his long pass, long catch down the sideline. A.B. and Coates were the lone bright spots on that offense, but my goodness, I mean, penalties digging us into a hole, sacks, can't block, can't give Ben any pressure. And give the Eagles credit because they brought the heat, man. You know, they made Ben uncomfortable. They brought the pressure. They made plays. You know, they they had, I think they had like 12 pass, def- pass defenses in this game. 12 times they got hands on the ball as a defense. That's great. And look, you got to take your hat off to that. That's that is the kind of football that we want the Steeler defense to be playing. And the Steeler defense could be playing, but they're not right now. Look, I, I said this could happen. I said this could be a loss. I didn't think it would be this bad. I didn't think the Steelers would go out there and lay an egg like this. But let's get Mike on the podcast. Let's talk about what this means going forward. Let's talk about this big picture. Does this matter? All right, we got Mike on the line. Mike, welcome back to Steeler country. Hey, Tony. It's good to be back talking Steeler football this season. Is it though? I mean, the Steelers lose thirty-four to three, and uh, you know, I know we, we thought going into this game that it could be a loss, but thirty-four to three. Give me your take. Just like everybody, it was a huge disappointment. I mean, we were riding pretty high after the first two wins. 
I mean, the uh, ESPN power rankings had us ranked number one, I believe. So everybody was a little high, and uh, this just brought us Steeler fans back to earth a little bit. I mean, I believe everyone's very surprised that uh, that we could get take a shellacking like that. I mean, it started out. And actually, if you watch the game again, some of us might be hard to believe this, but it was kind of close in the first quarter. They had some big plays, but I wouldn't say they totally outplayed us in the first quarter and quarter and a half. Right. And yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. so there there were some positive plays there um, that kind of, you know, the same as what we saw in the first first two games, but we didn't put points on the board. And then we started giving up big plays and missing tackles, and the wheels just came off. And so... I'm hoping it's a fluke. Me too. Me too, because, you know, go, like you said, like go, going into this game, the Steelers are riding high. We've beaten the Bengals. It's, you know, we beat, we beat them in our home opener. We got revenge for what they did to Le'Veon and Ben and uh, A.B. last year. Um, the Steelers' offense looked very good, especially in Washington. But are, are you worried at all? Like, let's talk about the offense for a second. Are you, so we go against Washington. The offense basically looks unstoppable in that game. We could score at will. Cincinnati, it's raining. Ben's a little off. AB's a little off, and we're all everyone's willing to just say, eh, whatever. But now here we go into Philly. Now the offensive line's not blocking. D'Angelo can't get going. You know, really, the only bright spots in this game to me were AB and Sammy Coates. I mean, are, are, should I be worried at all about the play of the offense? We might need to be worried a little bit because of the. Uh... They just couldn't get clicking. So I'm hoping that it was the Eagles' defense. That the de- you know the Eagles are just much better than everyone thought they were going to be, and and they they were playing with the lead for a lot of the game. Um, I know we had Ramon Foster go out, so that had to be a factor. Anytime you're when someone in the offensive line goes out in mid game, that hurts because um, it, it was just weird because Ben seemed like there was time and he just couldn't find anyone to throw to, as if they were the coverage was really well, and then the pocket you know broke down and. And um, and it got worse from there. So I don't know. Is this going to be a trend? Um, I, I I think getting Le'Veon Bell back is going to help <laughs> a yeah, whole lot, <laughs> a whole lot. And so um, I I think they're going to work it out. We just still have too many too many weapons. You know, Wheaton's not going to have games like that. Coates is going to continue to get better. Um, Eli Rogers, I know he's injured, but uh, when he comes back, I mean, he's going to continue to get better throughout the year. So we just have a lot of weapons. So I, I got to believe that that we're not going to see uh, a sputtering offense like that too often. I'm surprised that you said about Wheaton because I remember you texting me during the game and saying Wheaton meet bench. <laughs> I did, you know. I mean, it, and and what I really meant by that was okay. We have other guys on the team. He's been out, and right. if he's not focused, if he's dropping the ball right now in the first quarter. Get someone else in there. Let them sit on the bench for a little bit and get refocused, and then put them back in. So yeah, I mean it was a, a little frustrating, but um, but some, sometimes you know that's what you need is to it's yeah, to sit down for a little bit. For, and I think it, for him it might have been those kind of first game jitters type thing. Um, he had a, he had an extraordinarily bad game though. I I haven't seen Wheaton have a, a bad game like that. In fact, if you look back at where he ended last year, you know he had that big game against Seattle. Uh, he was kind of trending upward, I thought, at the end of last season, but. Uh, this was certainly a step back. I, I don't think Tomlin will bench him, but I do think uh, we'll see more. We'll, we'll see more Sammy Coates in that number two role, uh, and Wheaton will kind of have to work his way back into the offense. Uh, yeah, you know, I would. I wouldn't be surprised though, if they called his number early, just to just to, to show back, that yeah. they have confidence in him, and yeah, and then he can gain confidence in himself. Yeah, yeah, I, I could see that for sure. All right, let's talk about the defensive side. I mean, this was, uh, you know. Everyone's talking, going in, oh, the Steelers' pass rush has to get better. They have to get to Wentz. You know, Wentz takes big hits. 
The Steeler pass rush really hasn't been there all year. But to me, in this game, it wasn't even the pass rush that was so much the problem. Um, this is a team that made its money the last two weeks by giving up yards but not points and really making tackle at the point of attack. That all fell apart this week. Yeah, the missed tackles were real disappointing for a Steeler defense. So uh, I'm going to bring out my bag of excuses. I mean, on the second pl- the second defensive play of, from scrimmage is when um, Shazir got hurt, I believe. Right. Yep. You know, he tried to make a tackle, and then he, he, he went limping off the field. And then um, not too long after that, I believe – well, when did Timmons go out? I'll just have to ask. Uh, I think Timmons was out – yeah, Timmons was out not shortly after that, and Golden was out by the end of the first quarter. Yeah, and so, I mean, that's right down the middle of the defense. Yep. And, and Timmons has been a mainstay. I know that sometimes we get on him because he can't, you know, he's, he's uh, I guess, a weakness in coverage because he doesn't have the speed a- any longer. But he's just a force. He knows where to be. And in the second half of that game, correct me if I'm wrong, but I heard that, you know, we had, like, Vince Williams and LJ Fort. It, was, it looked like a Forte. preseason defense out there. Yeah, I mean, it was. Yeah. And, and both rough. those guys are good. That, and, and, you know, Tunch and Wolf were saying, you know, one of those guys can play with the other starter and vice versa. Right. But when you put them in together, it's just you know, the experience isn't there. It was a – to me, it was a total lack of communication between the defense. You know, when you take Shazier and Timmons out, Shazier's the guy that calls the plays. He's the, he's the signal caller on defense now. So he's kind of the captain of the, the defense or the quarterback of the defense, if you will. You know, taking him out – and, and that was on the second play of the game. Uh, I'm sure that hurt. But, yeah, you're right. You take Timmons and Shazier out. And now, you know, of course, our defense is all about, you know, trusting the guy next to you and everybody's got to make a play. And I think when Vince Williams and LJ Fort were out there, it was just no cohesiveness. The angles that they were taking, I I was blown away by how poorly the defense played on that Sproles 70-yard touchdown. Every single person on that play made a bad angle, whether it was uh, Sean Davis or uh, Mike Mitchell. You know, it was just – it was just a – it looked like they were. It looked like a preseason defense out there. It looked like something you would see in preseason. It was just all mental errors. Um, I was, I was shocked. Yeah, that was tough. And and I, I think Shazier was in on that play, right? I think he was he covering was, yeah. Sproles, and he decided to go up and you know thinking the quarterback was going to run, and then that left him wide open. So yeah. that started it all. That was uh, that was tough. But I, I will give credit to the Eagles' offense. Um, it was a great game plan. The screen passes, they executed them really well. We defended them terribly. And, uh, and what's his name? Wentz. I mean, the guy's a rookie. I don't, I can't think of one. He didn't make one mistake. I can't remember one play where he made a mistake. And so, you know, that was, it's, it's tough to play against that. And maybe he's going to be that great. Maybe he just had a great game, but, um, you know, that it, it, it was, uh, you know, everything came together with, with our injuries and, and him playing great and them executing their offense great. So hopefully we don't see more of that throughout the season. So, so okay, so, so break it down for me, though. What, uh, going forward, right, Ben's, Ben's playing bad for the last two weeks. The, the offense hasn't really looked like it did in Washington. The defense has, we haven't had a pass rush, and we haven't really been dominant on defense. We've been giving up yards but not points. And you, know, you kind of play with fire with that. And we saw it all come unfolding in Philly. So I, I'm kind of projecting now to Kansas City. I'm projecting what we're gonna, what's going to happen when we face the Jets. Like, am I, should I be worried about what Jamal Charles is going to do to this defense? Should I be worried about um, you know, what Tom Brady is going to do to this defense in a couple weeks? I, I think so. I think going into the season, we, we were still kind of worried about the defense. I mean, not thinking that they were going to be great. And then after the first two games, it was like, whoa, we can play this, you know, Ben, but don't break defense and kind of get away with it. But still in the back of our minds, or at least my mind, I was worried about what happens when we play a great quarterback and, and how is that going to 
How's that going to play out? But the thing going into the season that we weren't worried about the defense was because we figured our offense was going to be able to score 30 points every game. Right. And, and, and that, and the defense was going to be able to hang in there because of that. So I think that, um, I, I just, I, I worry about two things. Number one is the great quarterback. So, you know, playing Tom Brady, that's going to be a problem with the defense. And then number two, it seems like we always have trouble against, I'm really worried about Kansas city next week because they have the same offense in Philadelphia yeah. against these average quarterbacks that have these efficient games against the Steelers, and they just find ways to get the job done and, and convert the third and fives to the tight end, and we just can't get off the field. So that part does worry me. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, before I let you go, I want to get your take on the injury situation, and not so much you know, uh, the guys who are out, but the guys who are going to be playing now. I know you're a big Shamarco Thomas guy. Um, there was reports out of practice today that without, you know, without Robert Golden, without Sean Davis, you would think Shamarco would be the guy to play. They're actually looking at Jordan Dangerfield as that starting center. And then on the other side of the ball on offense, um, you know, no Eli Rogers. Like you said, Wheaton will probably play more in the slot, and I expect that that will happen too. Um, but there's talk that Le'Veon Bell will be playing in the slot, especially on, on obvious passing downs. What do, you, what do you think about that? I'm very intrigued by that. I heard that, and that, uh, that's going to be great because that means that um, D'Angelo Williams is going to be on the field in the backfield. Right. And, and it means that you're, you're putting your best players on the field. You're putting all your, your best weapons on the field. There's no reason to put Le'Veon in, uh, you know, on the field and put D'Angelo on the bench all the time. So, yeah, I think that's great. I'm sure they're going to come up with plays. I mean, obviously, Le'Veon's most likely a mismatch for the defense, or they have to do something different to account for him. And um, uh, that's going to be interesting. On the defensive side, as far as Shamarco Thomas goes, I think that uh, – I'd love to see him on the field. I want to see him, but he's not getting on the field for some reason. And, and I don't know if he's, uh, you know, from what I hear on sports radio, I listen to is, you know, he, he's having, I don't know if it's trouble getting the defense or being in the right place at the right time and things like that. I don't know what it is, but they're keeping him on the team for a reason. Yeah. Right. And I know he's great on special teams. So that maybe that is the reason, but uh, I, I'd love to see him on the field. Dangerfield played good in the preseason though. I'm interested to see, to see that, and also, um, how about the the guy that we just got from Cleveland? Yeah, Justin Gilbert. Does he have a chance to play? I think so. I think he'll play a lot. You know, it's, it's you know we're we're depleted at, in the secondary right now. We have Senquez Golson, uh, our second round pick from last year, hurt again, but they didn't put him on IR, so he is on the roster. But that you know we have five, that puts us at five cornerbacks. Um, so it's it's Cockerell, Gay, uh, Justin Gilbert, and Artie Burns. Artie Burns has been playing in the dime a lot. You got to figure. Justin Gilbert's going to see the field. He, ha- he almost—it's just a numbers thing. I mean, it's either going to be him or Shamarco in the dime. Um, I, and, and to go back to Shamarco, you know, I'm interested in, in Shamarco because tackling was a real problem in this game, and Shamarco Thomas is a very good tackler. Um, you know, he may not be a big player, a big play guy. Uh, he may not be like Jordan Dangerfield, who's just flying around the field. But he's a good tackler, and, and on a team where, and in a game like this with against Jamal Charles and against. Um, Spencer Ware and Charkandrick West, guys who can make splash plays on those little screen passes that we saw, get, getting out of them to the flat. I think a guy like Shamarco Thomas is, is useful in that situation. And I, I'd be surprised if we didn't see him on the field more. And I think Justin Gilbert has as good a chance as any. And, of course, you know, Artie Burns is going to start in the nickel in this game. So, you know, we're going to see a lot of young guys learning quick. Yeah, I think that's a good point about the tackling with Shamarco. Um, that, that is one thing, though, though, that does not worry me. I think Tomlin... They're going to get back to the fundamentals, and they're going to they're going to make a point of emphasis 
uh, for tackling. So I, I don't think that we're going to see the missed tackles like that in future games. Uh, I think it's going to be, I like seeing Artie Burns on the field just because he's young, get him out there, get experience, even if he's, even if he had makes mistakes at times. And uh, the guy that um, I'm excited about is uh, Cockrell, who's been playing really well. And he, and I heard him in a recent interview that he pointed out that he came into the team, I guess, late last season and didn't really have a training camp with right. the team. And so that he's saying that makes a lot of difference. So maybe it does because we, we really could use a good, you know, another good cornerback. Yeah, we, we need some guys to grow and, and grow quickly. All right, Mike, thanks for coming on. We'll check in with you in a couple weeks. All right, thanks, Tony. Take it easy. All right, and let's talk about that injury situation that Mike and I were just talking about. You know, I said on week one of this podcast, and I've been saying all offseason, I've been saying anytime I can, the only thing between this, this team and the Super Bowl is injuries. And boy, oh boy, coming out of the Eagles game, we are facing some adversity when it comes to injuries. Uh, the Steelers practice report today, uh, recording this on Wednesday night, no Cody Wallace, again, in practice. Uh, he's been out pretty much the entire season. Robert Golden didn't practice. Ryan Shazier didn't practice. He's got that knee again. Sean Davis with a back. And Tomlin said in that press conference today, these young guys, Sean Davis in particular, if he doesn't practice, he's not going to play. Uh, I think Sean Davis, if he doesn't practice tomorrow, is a very, very likely he won't be playing. Ramon Foster, he's probably out multiple weeks. he got a chest injury. Uh, look for B.J. Finney, who came in uh, in the middle of the Eagles game. He'll be playing again. And then Eli Rogers, uh, his turf toe, it's going to be probably a multiple-week injury. I-, I would expect he comes back sometime maybe after the bye week. Um, this is tough. This is exactly what, going into the season, you really wanted to avoid. And you wanted to avoid this many injuries on one side of the ball. Um, this is hitting the defense hard. No Golden, no Sean Davis. Um, the Steelers are already coming in thin at both safety and corner. And it really hits them in both, right? Sean Davis, the thing about Sean Davis that everybody likes, Tomlin liked, Colbert, uh, Colbert, Colbert liked, um, was the fact that he could play multiple positions. He could play corner or safety. And he kind of, he was the guy that made it so that this team didn't lack depth at corner and safety because he could play nickel corner or he could go to safety. Golden gets hurt, so he has to go to safety, but he's been starting at nickel corner. You know, the guys like that, especially on a team where depth is a problem, are very valuable. And with him out, now we're in a situation where Artie Burns is going to start at in the nickel. He's going to start an outside corner in the nickel, and they're going to move William Gay inside. And I'd be surprised if they go with anything else. I mean, you know, maybe they put Justin Gilbert in the nickel. I, I highly doubt it, but I, I guess it's a possibility. Um... And then, you know, like I, like I was saying with Mike, Jordan Dangerfield going to start it at safety. Like, that's what they're looking at right now. I, I get it. I understand the, the Jordan Dangerfield thing. If you watch preseason and you watch um, the way he plays on special teams, he's, he's got that bullet head mentality. He's a guy who is around the ball, um, you know, kind of a Robert Golden Jr. out there, if you will. You know, a little uh, imitation Golden. Um, but it's, it's what this defense needs, right? It needs a player that's going to be around the ball, um, got to make plays, got to make tackles, got to make big stops. We're not going to all of a sudden turn into a defense that's going to make every team go three and out every time. Teams are going to move the ball against us. We're not going to all of a sudden overnight develop a pass rush. Jarvis Jones is not a great pass rusher, but he's a good outside linebacker, especially at stopping the run. Cam Hayward's not all of a sudden going to become J.J. Watt, and neither is Stephon Tewitt. Arthur Motes had a great preseason he he splashed in preseason and probably throughout this season he will splash again 
but he's, you know, he's not a dynamic, he's not Von Miller, and he's never going to be Von Miller. And James Harrison, while he was the best pass rusher in the league, he is far from it. We're not just going to develop a pass rush out of nowhere. This team's going to have to get by without a pass rush, at least until Bud Dupree comes back. And that's not till at least week eight. They got to get by without it. They got to get by with what they were doing in week, weeks one and two. Did the Eagles put out a, a recipe for success against this defense? I think that they did. And I think like Mike and I were talking about, there is reason to worry going forward with this defense. No one was really sure that this team was going to make a leap in this season. And certainly without Bud Dupree, the leap that everyone thought we were going to make, which is we went from no pass rush to maybe we're going to have something, you know, it's just not there. But what I liked to see in those first couple weeks was that we, we saw Ryan Shazier becoming a great linebacker. We saw Robert Golden becoming a very, very good safety, a very underrated safety. And we saw him and Mitchell really working together side by side to prevent those big plays. A.J. Green, remember, a week ago, A.J. Green had three catches, three catches for, two catches for 30 yards. And everyone was excited. And everyone should have been excited. This defense had been playing well. But was it playing with fire a little bit? Yeah, I mean, if you're going to let teams move the ball, you, you have to be good in the red zone. You have to be good on third down. And you have to be smart. I don't think this defense is going to fall apart. Look, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that this defense is going to all of a sudden give up 30 every week. But it may not be pretty at times. It may not be pretty at times. I, I was very much looking forward to our matchup against New England in a couple weeks. But if we're going to go into that game, you know, if Robert Golden's injury is going to kind of linger, Shazier's injury probably is going to linger just based on his history. Sean Davis, these are guys we need back. These are guys we need back. These are guys we need to gel. They need to get playing time, and they need to play together. I'm not, and, and all of their replacements, I'm not saying that these guys can't be good players. Artie Burns was our first-round pick. He has a lot of talent. He has size. He has speed. He's a ball hawk. He was a ball hawk. But he's got to get better. He's got to get more fluid. And getting him playing time, yeah, it's going to make him better. It's going to make him better in the long run. Is it going to make this defense better right now? You know, probably not. Robert Golden was becoming a very, very good player. Can Jordan Dangerfield start to become that player? I mean, he could. He could, but he's not Golden. He's, he's not starter material yet. We'll see. And we'll see what, what Vince Williams does in this spot. You know, they've been playing LJ Fort in place of Ryan Shazier. And I'd be surprised if they do that again. I think Vince Williams is a very, very good player. They signed him to that contract extension in the offseason because they want him to play alongside Ryan Shazier for years and years to come. Um, and I know this, you know, Ryan Shazier and Timmons play two different positions. It's not just two inside linebackers. One's the Mike, one's the Will. But um, you got, I want to see Vince Williams out there. He's, he's a guy who can make plays. And again, a guy who can be around the ball and be a tackler. And he's, he's, got, some, he's got a little bit of speed. Offensively, those two injuries, you know, Ramon Foster. Look, Ramon Foster, if you're going to pick the worst guy on our offensive line, I mean, it is Ramon Foster, right? Well, I guess it's Villanueva now, but I'm not, I'm not like, going to freak out over Ramon Foster getting hurt. We, we played all of last year without Kelvin Beecham and without Pouncey. The offensive line, Munchak gets this team to gel. I believe in him, and I, I believe that Finney can come in and, and, uh, and play well. And Eli Rogers. I don't think it kills this offense. I don't think it sets this offense back. I just think it's it's disappointing because he was going to add another dynamic to this offense that it hadn't had. You know, I talked a lot about role players and guys making big plays. Eli Rogers is one of those guys, and you know, he goes out, he goes out in the third quarter. The offense was never gelling anyway. You know, Sammy Coates made his big play. Jesse James made a couple big plays, but there wasn't. Look, this was a game in which 
you needed your stars to come out and play because the intensity level was there. There was no role player that was going to save this game. Um, this was not a game for, for Xavier Grimble or Jesse James or Eli Rogers or Sammy Coates. This was a game for Ben, for AB, for D'Angelo, for the big guys. Um, and, and when Ben was off, the offensive line was off, the entire team was off, it never really gelled. never really was going to work. But I was excited to see Eli grow. I was excited to see him kind of get more trust and, and more timing with Ben. Um, and Turf Toe's tough. Turf Toe's tough to come back from. I don't know when he's going to be back. I, I think it's interesting they're going to use Le'Veon in that position now. Um, I'll be interested to see what that looks like. I, I think it's very cool that they're going to have him and D'Angelo on the field at the same time. I think the more wrinkles you can throw at the defense, especially with as much talent as we have on offense, uh, the better. And, and like Mike was saying, I don't expect Wheaton to play that bad again. I, I don't expect this team to play that bad again. I said going into that game this is going to be a loss. I expect them to play bad. I just didn't expect them to play that bad. And that's why I wanted to get Mike on here to kind of, you know, I wanted to get his take on, on what, what we should be thinking going forward. And I'm kind of with him. You know, I think defensively, yeah, it's going to be a little it's going to be a little worse. I am concerned, but I don't think it's going to be terrible. And offensively, I think we're going to start clicking. We still have Ben. We still have Le'Veon. We still have AB. The trifecta is back. The trifecta is going to play for the first time together since the Cincinnati game last year. And not the playoff game and not the other away game. No, the, the home game, the one that was Ben's first game back from injury. Uh, we're finally going to get to see these three play together healthy football. Um, I'm excited for that. And I'm excited for this Kansas City game. Look, this could very easily look like Philly again because they do play so such similar football. Peterson was the offensive coordinator at Kansas City forever. Peterson being the Eagles head coach. But, man, I just I, – I, I would be very shocked if this team didn't bounce back. They've just got too much talent on it. And I know a lot of people are, are getting on Tomlin because, because this losing to bad team thing is, is a trend. I don't think the Eagles are a bad team. I, I think the Steelers walked into a buzzsaw on this one. Uh, they shouldn't be playing that bad, though. And there is some blame to go to Tomlin for that. They shouldn't play this poorly. They should not have games like that. But let's get past it. You know, a 31 to three loss, a 34 to three loss, is a lot different than a you know 28 27 loss or a 28 24 loss. Like I think a lot of us, you know, if we were going to lose, that's what it would look like. It's a lot different, and and, and I'd be I'm going to be interested to see how this team responds. I think they're a veteran group. I think that they're a resilient group. They showed that last year as as the injuries and everything started waning on that team at the end of last year. This team was resilient. They fought and fought and clawed all the way to the end. And I expect them to do that now. I expect them to dig themselves out of this dumb hole that they put themselves in. You know, the entire NFL, is, they're the laughing stock right now. They got worked by Philly. And they could very easily get worked by Kansas City. But I expect them to turn it around, even with the injuries. E- even with the adversity facing them. I expect Le'Veon to work himself right back into this offense. I expect Ben to have a bounce-back game. I expect the entire team to have a bounce-back game. Mike told me he predict- he's predicting 25-20 to 20 Steelers over Chiefs. And in his bold prediction is that the Steelers go for two and they make it, and I like that. I, I, I forgot I, I forgot that the Steelers go for two so much because just because this season we haven't gone for two, and I think it's it's out of uh, necessity at this point. Um, the Steelers, you know, were their first touchdown was it was six nothing at that point, so they made it seven to six, um, and then uh, against Cincinnati, you know, you really could never go for two in that game, and against Philly we didn't score, so. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the Steelers win probably by a wider margin in this one. Um, I'm gonna say the Steelers win 28 to 19. Um, I think the Chiefs will be able to move the ball because every team's gonna move the ball on us. It's about shutting teams down in the red zone. 
I'm looking for a big game out of Vince Williams. I'm looking for uh, one of our young guys to make a big splash play, uh, an interception of, of Alex Smith. Um, and I think defensively it's, it's going to come down to tackling and it's going to come down to it's, – it's interesting this game because we're really facing it's, – it's almost a do-over if you really think about it. It's almost a do-over this game. The Steelers almost get to say, look, everything that we were bad at a week ago, and I'm talking about it especially on the defense, we now get to do that over again. And then I'll be interested to see how they respond to that because it's, it's an interesting situation that they're in. I think they will respond well. I think, look, I think Tomlin's a great coach. I, I, I don't think, you know, this isn't going to be like that year where he said we're, we're going to raise hell in December and then we went on to lose four. Um, this, is, this is not that team anymore. This is a resilient team. This is a team that's, that's been through the muck, been through this kind of rut, and they've worked themselves out of it. I look back at that 0-4 start, and they worked themselves out of that. They'll work themselves out of this. Um, they, they'll get this win. All right, that's going to do it for Steeler Country this week. Thank you all for listening. If you want to leave feedback, SteelerCountry at gmail.com is the email address. The website is SteelerCountryPodcast.com. You can find us, subscribe to us on either iTunes, the Google Play Music Store, uh, podcast on there, Stitcher, uh, anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find us, and you can find subscription uh, links right on the website. That's SteelerCountryPodcast.com. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's Twitter.com slash SteelerCountry, and the Facebook page is facebook.com slash Steeler Country Podcast. We will see you next week.